welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the She Talks Health podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, founder and CEO of She Talks Health. And I am super excited to have a friend on the podcast today. We are going to be talking with Jackie Smith. She is the founder of Little Adapts by Jax. And I love that name. Always have. And we've been friends for, gosh, I think five years. We met in New York and she really found her passion for health and wellness back in 2013. And she started experimenting with natural foods and remedies. And she did that so she could heal herself from cystic acne and horrible digestion and just like overall exhaustion because that corporate life is crazy in New York. So as a result of all that, she learned how to use food as a powerful medicine for healing and nourishing the mind and the body. And in 2015, she received her certification from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is where I went to. And that's around when we met. And she is a huge athlete too. So she gets to merge her nutrition background, but also her athletic background. And so she is actually certified in pronatal fitness. She's certified as a yoga teacher and she has her bar certification. So she's just so, so knowledgeable when it comes to fitness. And today we are going to talk about all things fitness and how they relate to hormones and really walk through Jackie's journey of her fitness before pregnancy, during pregnancy, and now in her postpartum journey with fitness. So welcome to the show, Jackie. Thanks, Sophie. I'm so excited to be recording with you. It's nice to see your face, even though no one else can see our faces. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to see your face too. So Jackie, walk us through, you have a really interesting story about your switch or your shift in your type of movement. Now this is way pre-baby, but I know you were an avid marathon runner. So tell us what was going on with you back then. You've done eight half marathons, two marathons and a triathlon. (laughs) How was that for you and how did it impact your hormones? I would say the reason I figured out that there was something off with my hormones and during my training was during actually my second marathon. I think when I ran my first New York City marathon in 2015, I wasn't as body aware or as in tune. So I didn't realize that some of the bulking that I saw or like the water retention I saw during parts of my cycle was anything related to my period. I just didn't know enough about it. But obviously going to IN, and then years later when I decided to run the 
marathon in Idaho in 2020. It was probably the only marathon that happened during like the pandemic, (laughs) but it still happened. And what I learned as I was training and before that I was doing, you know, a lot of bar, a lot of yoga, which I noticed was really great for, and we've talked about this, but bar and yoga are low impact, but they're really great for women's bodies because it allows you to get that sweat and that heat that you want to feel and feel like you got a good burn without overextending ourselves, especially during different parts of our cycle. So that's why bar and yoga, I always think are great to do regardless of the time of the cycle, because I, I just think they're really low impact, but they're really, really effective for women's bodies. But going back to once I started incorporating marathon training, which I had texted Sophie because I had no idea going on and she is the hormone specialist, as we all know. I was retaining water during certain parts of my cycle and it wasn't happening every single month, but I noticed like every few months it would happen. And it wasn't as if I had gained weight, but my clothes felt tighter. I just felt like I wasn't myself. And then all of a sudden I would wake up and snap. I was like lean again. It was the the oddest thing. Um, And I don't know if Sophie, you want to comment on, you know, why that would be happening during certain parts of the cycle, just for people listening. Yeah, I think, you know, probably anyone with a period has probably experienced that water retention, which, you know, often happens usually in the luteal phase, which is the the week right before we get our period for, for most women. And it's that time where we're like ravenously hungry and then we feel like we're gaining weight, which is really water retention. And then we're just like, what is going on? And I hate everybody and get out of my face. And so oftentimes this is a hormone imbalance. It's also, you know, I think we're going to talk a little bit about cycle syncing. I think it's interesting, you know, we have been taught to exercise more and to eat less, right? To lose weight. So we kind of hit a wall and backfire in this week because the salad and the smoothie that worked for you the week before when you're ovulating, when estrogen was high, no longer really serve your body because progesterone is in the driver's seat and progesterone slows everything down. And it's going to also cause, it can cause water retention. The the thing that's interesting though, is that one of the things I find is that it slows digestion. So people are much more constipated in that phase Mm -hmm. and then they're not, they're not fueling properly. So then we have like this double whammy issue and all of a sudden our blood sugar is also uh, imbalanced during that week. It's, it's harder to balance our, our blood sugar with progesterone. And so we feel like a hormonal, bloated, constipated mess. And we just want to like get everyone out of our face. And there are ways to definitely balance that. But yes, so that's yeah. probably what was happening. Exactly. So hence why I texted her. And then having talked uh, to Sophie, and then also reading about the woman code by Alyssa Vitti, which I think all women should read because it talks about a lot of things that no one ever talks to us about, including our doctors. And I just put on my band hat and was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep marathon training, but how do I do this in a really smart way? So I don't have to see these like fluctuations in my body. So So amazing. Yes. And I think it's really important because I've worked with a lot of marathon runners or half marathon runners. And while you're going to have to do the long runs, there's a way to strategically do it so that you aren't having those fluctuations. And then those for those of you that aren't runners, for example, it's the same thing you want to do with like hit workouts. and, And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But basically, as Sophie was stating before, So the first half of your cycle, which is your follicular and your ovulation, right? You have the most energy, your hormones are just ramping up. 
typically you need less food to fuel you. That is when you would want to set your long runs. You're thinking your, you know, your 10 mile plus runs, that sort of thing. Anything that's going to be super strenuous, like your hit, your cardio. And then the second half in the luteal and the menstrual phase, which now having gone through pregnancy and really understanding what happens to your body, just really understanding that your menstrual cycle is a big deal. Your hormones are going through a lot of different things, your hormones are crashing and your body is just exhausted. So that wouldn't be a time that you would want to do like a long run or you do hit or like intense cardio because, and again, I think Sophie and I have talked about this, but you know, your body is all already under a lot of stress It's doing this huge process, which is an amazing thing, right? This is how we all are able to, if we want to become mothers and, you know, carry children and things like that. But it is a time that you need to like step back and just to kind of chill out a little bit. And that's where like bar and yoga can come into play depending mm -hmm. on how long you're doing it for and how low impact. But that was essentially with the marathon training. That was my first realization that it didn't matter that I was doing all these things and I was eating well and I was sleeping and I was managing my stress, but I wasn't managing how I was fitting fitness into my life. And that at the end of the day affected my hormones and it also affected my confidence and how I felt in my own body, which is something that we don't want to feel right. And I think that's what everyone's goal is at the end of the day. Maybe everyone has different goals in terms of maybe it's high energy levels or maybe it's losing weight, but I think everyone wants to feel confident and feel their very best. And that's where using fitness as a tool and using it to help your body work more efficiently instead of working against it. And I feel like Sophie's taught me a lot of this too, but it, it really did make a huge difference. And even when I would schedule those long training runs during, you know, the follicular and ovulation phases, it made a huge difference in terms of just my performance and even just in how I felt overall. I wasn't seeing like that heavy water retention right before I got my period. I wasn't feeling hangry. I wasn't constipated. It really made a difference, but I really had to be in tune with my body and pay attention, which is why I tracked my cycle and why it was really important, especially as leading up to thinking about getting pregnant. Because I know there's a lot of women that I work with that were trying to get pregnant. You want to make sure your hormones are balanced because it'll be that much easier to get pregnant. And part of that is being really smart about your fitness. Ooh, mic drop. Jackie, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, <laughs> we'll just go back to what I said about exercise more and eat less. Things that work for men don't work for cycling women. We, we have very different hormones. Men's hormones, they reset every 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have very different fluctuations. So when you can leverage those hormones, I, I call that our superpower with fitness, with food, you mentioned, like we both mentioned, you don't need as much fuel during that, you know, follicular and especially ovulatory phase. But then the second half, you're, you really, it's like, we think of it as seasons, right? So if you are thinking about the, that uh, luteal phase as inner fall, what do we do in fall? We like hunker down, we make soups and stews. And like, we really like, you know, kind of try to relax. So it would make sense totally in my brain, like, yeah, yoga at bar, that, that would work. I guess I have a question. If you, if someone came to you and they were like, Hey Jackie, I'm not working out at all, but I do want to cycle sync my, you know, my workouts. I want to sync my cycle or my workouts to where I'm at. 
and they may be just like, they're not a marathon runner. They're just getting started. How would you help them to understand this? Or what would you tell them to start? Would you just be like, yeah, you got to do hit this time and then bar and yoga? Or is it like a slower progression? Like maybe just starting with bar and then you add something else. Yeah, that's a great question. And it is the reason I built my app, to be honest, <laughs> because I have a guide that I create, I did for my one-on-one clients before I had my app, but I became so passionate about, yes, bar and yoga are, I would say, are things that you can definitely say, okay, they're lower impact, but it depends on how long the workout is. It depends on what intensity that you're doing it out and being as I create all the workouts and that's what what is recorded on the app. I've also have a section now that will allow my clients and other women to really understand what workouts are safe for them during different parts of their cycle. You know, for example, there's one category for follicular and ovulation. And then there's a second area that is for the luteal and menstrual cycle. And on top of it, since I just was pregnant. I also have a whole prenatal section and I'm building out postnatal, but those sections are also really great for beginners and also just as good to do when you're just feeling like I want a gentle stretch or again, they're going to give you effective results and you're going to get those lean long muscles that you want, but it's not going to like over exhaust you and essentially increase your cortisol levels more than they need to be, especially during your menstrual cycle, which ultimately will help you to you know, create more muscle, cut the fat and really feel your best. But I would say recommending people to like start on the app. So you don't really have to think much about it. You can just say, this is my phase. And this is what workout I feel like doing today based on what props or time or type of workout you want to do. Oh, I love it. And we actually have a special discount code for you. It's she talks for a free month on Jackie's app. If you want to check it out, which is really, really generous. Thank you, Jackie. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you were saying that I was, you just mentioned cortisol, I think tying that in. So one of the things that people don't realize is when we over exercise or we overdo it, and that can be really individual. That can, that can be, what is your overall stress bucket? So are you a mom with like two kids that's getting three hours of sleep and you have like a full-time job and you're taking care of a sick parent, and then you're going to try and do like an hour long hit workout in your luteal phase, that's going to probably be a stressor for you. So we think about how our cortisol is our, you know, our main stress hormone. When that's elevated consistently, we're also elevating our blood sugar. And then we have the water retention and we have the weight gain. And we're like, why is it that I'm working out so hard and eating this salad and this smoothie and I am still gaining weight or I'm not losing any weight at all. And it's really frustrating. So I'm really glad you brought up cortisol because that is so important. Like if we want to build muscle and we want to cut the fat, like you mentioned, but we're constantly stressed or our body's even interpreting what we think is beneficial as exercise as stress, we've got a big problem with meeting our goals. So that is fabulous that you brought that up. Is there anything else you wanted to mention around like cycle syncing your workouts? Because I would love to hear about kind of what you did when you got pregnant. Okay. I was actually going to bring that up. You gave an example of how people can be stressed out and how I use like my app and my workouts to really dial in when I need to do less and when I need to do more. So we can jump into that. But if you have a question that you want to start with, we can. Oh no, keep going. I would say as a, a lover of running, I only ran through 23 weeks pregnant because it just felt terrible. So for those... Again, every woman, that's the most interesting part about pregnancy is that it is so different 
for every single woman. You might have similar symptoms, but all of our bodies are different and we feel things totally differently. And I'm glad we're bringing this up because Sophie and I were talking about this before we started recording, but there's a lot of things that happen during pregnancy, postpartum, and in motherhood that no one ever really talks about. And I think it's really important because it's, it's a big part of being healthy and happy if that's the route that you want to take. And I think that people need to know that it's normal and what they can do to really help themselves feel their best. But going back to like fitness, I could only run till 23 weeks pregnant. And I, it was really hard for me. Even when I didn't have the belly weight, I just felt exhausted. Like every run that I did, it took everything out of me. And especially in the first trimester, your body is creating this little human. It's not very big. You feel terrible. And you're just so exhausted that it's not the time to be pushing yourself, right? Because you want to keep that baby healthy. That's when all their major organs are developing. So like I basically just relaxed, right? Everyone told me to relax. But what I felt had really helped me was because bar and yoga, and again, I know this is what I do for a living and I really love daily movement. It's my passion and it makes me feel good. I don't do it for the aesthetics. I do it because it really helps to de-stress me and it just makes me feel better. But I felt like with my workouts, I could do them. And I did them all the way up until I gave birth. And the only reason wow. I stopped is because I had, I got vertigo at 38 weeks, which is a whole other story. But I love how real you're being, by the way, about <laughs> pregnancy. Everyone thinks, oh, being pregnant is so amazing. And then it can really vary. Some people feel great when they're pregnant. I've had clients yeah. who are like, my hormones, everything felt amazing when I was pregnant and everything kind of fell back to shit afterwards and before. So um, it's interesting to hear, you know, everyone's yeah. journey is so different. Definitely. And I was just telling Sophie, I did not like being pregnant. And I had a very good pregnancy, very low risk, no major issues. But for me, movement was such a big thing. And for me having to back off mentally, that affected me, which was really hard. But I'm glad that I had, I had my app, I knew that I was doing this for my clients, I was recording those really safe prenatal workouts and doing yoga and bars so that women, even though they couldn't do the things that maybe they could do before, they would still be able to work their muscles. They would be able to be strong because giving birth is no joke. <laughs> and I chose to do a yeah. totally natural, unmedicated, no intervention birth. Ooh. And it is, I'm glad I worked out that much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because, but not every day I felt like motivated to do it. I'll say that. And that's when you have to listen to your body. If like there was days I was exhausted and I needed to take naps, like it took naps. And it's the same thing what you go back to about Sophie about when you have your menstrual cycle, you have to listen to your body. But that was during pregnancy. And then even postpartum, my, my birth doula was very adamant about this. Like the first two weeks, I didn't even do anything. I barely moved. She was like, I don't even want you going up and down the stairs. Of course I had to because the bedroom was upstairs and like the living area was downstairs. <laughs> um, she was like, don't move. My husband basically like cooked me meals and like did all these things. I was lucky he got to take off for two weeks. And it was, it was great. And I did not do a workout for until I hit my six weeks, but that was actually a really nice change. Like all I did was really short walks because your body goes through so much during birth that you actually really need to, I would say, relax mm -hmm. in order to properly heal because there are so many bad things that can happen to you if you push yourself too hard. And something else I wanted to talk about is I know not everyone has a situation where they can breastfeed, but breastfeeding is like the world's best workout. Let me tell you. 
pause there for one second. Ella's definitely talking about it. I want to go back. There's there. We did a, a podcast a few months ago now about postpartum bounce back culture and how we are so damaging women's bodies with this idea that we have to quick bounce back, you know, immediately. And that there's this like cultural, I think there's a cultural love for a pregnant woman. Like, oh, you're glowing and how exciting. And then the second that that baby comes out of us, it's like, why don't you get back to work and look exactly the same way you did? And so for you as someone who's like a marathon runner and someone who loves daily movement, for you to say, I didn't do anything for two weeks and I basically only did short walks for six weeks. That's amazing. And it's something that we really need to emphasize because we are not in a culture that ever puts importance on relaxing. And as women, we get this monthly reminder to relax during our menstrual cycle. And then with pregnancy, it's a whole other, and postpartum is a whole other ballgame. So thank you as a leader in the fitness industry for women saying what you said. You're welcome. I I highly recommend it. And I'll give an example of like, again, my love for running. I've known people that have ran at like six weeks or eight weeks. And I was really scared to run. I just didn't want to overdo it. I ran at like two months and I had something different that most women don't have. And I was in so much pain after a two and a half mile run. Oh no. Which it's okay now. I figured it out because I, I knew something was wrong. I got really bad like rib pain. Mm. And it turns out, and I knew at some point this would be a problem, but I have a very short torso. So for women listening, whether you've been pregnant or you're going to be pregnant, having a short torso means that your ribs have to expand more and your intercostal muscles, which are along your back, actually have to be stretched and strained more because there's nowhere else for the baby to go. I didn't know this at the time, but I ended up seeking out a postpartum specialist, Pilates specialist or a movement specialist, however you want to talk about it, because I just wanted to know what was going on. And I'm sure, Sophie, you're the similar, when things happen to you, you want to know why it's happening so that you can educate yourself and heal your body, but also to help other people. So at two months, I basically could barely run back on the way back. It hurt if I picked up the baby, it hurt to sleep on my back. And essentially I had to stop. I just went for my second run and at like four months. And I think because I pulled back, I worked with like a postpartum specialist. I really understood what was going on and didn't do too much intensive core work. It was able to heal and I felt really good doing it. So more of the story is like you can, you'll get back to where you need to be. But if you have certain like aches and pains with like pregnancy, especially or postpartum, like you're better off just taking it slower Because if you push yourself way too hard, just like any other injury, you're just going to set yourself back and you're never really going to get to where you want to be or where you were. Mm, That makes sense. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that again. That's so important to hear. There's probably so many women listening to this who have been pregnant or are pregnant or about to be postpartum (laughs) and they're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about the baby weight? You know? So thank you for, for saying that and sharing that. And it's interesting. I see a lot of women not on the fitness side, on just a general hormonal chaos that happens after giving birth. It's really remarkable how many women come to work with us after they've given birth. And I wonder how much, you know, of this stress we put on ourselves to bounce back has to do with that. Um, There's just so many things you've got, you talk about the breastfeeding in a second and, you know, you've got a sleep deprived baby, so you're sleep deprived. And then 
it's like our hormones are like, can I get a second here to rest and yeah. reset? So I love that you're encouraging people to ease back into things after they give birth. Is there anything else postpartum? I know we're going to talk about breastfeeding in a second, but is there anything else exercise wise that you feel you want to mention uh, when it comes to postpartum plans? Yes, I think, and this also applied during pregnancy was breath work, working your pelvic floor and like breathing into like all sides of your diaphragm. I have both a prenatal breath work and labor and pushing prep on my app, but I also have exercises that can re-engage using your breath to re-engage the core that are safe that you can do to build up until you probably hit, I would say like 16 weeks to really start doing like proper core exercises. And I also had a how to check for diastasis recti, because that is an issue a lot of women have. And I had it throughout my entire pregnancy. But again, I didn't do anything for six weeks. So my body was able to like pretty much fully heal at my six week checkup. So I would say something that I did really religiously was breath work. And that is like the best core work that you can do during pregnancy and postpartum. Wow. That is so surprising. I was expecting you to say, I don't know. Do yoga every day, or I don't. I don't even know what I was expecting you to say, but that's that's really great, and I love that you're talking about that. We just two podcasts ago was all about pelvic floor health, incontinence, and diastasis recti, which I always say incorrectly. But yeah, Erica Zeal from Core Athletica came and talked to us a lot about what is that and how can we start to support. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's another thing that's just glossed over. We just don't even talk about the separation that happens <laughs> in our body yeah. and how our bodies just completely shift when we have babies sometimes. Cool. So yeah, I saw you get really excited to talk about breastfeeding as a workout in and of itself. So tell us about your breastfeeding journey. Yes. I was talking to my masseuse about this last night and I am having a week where my baby who is, again, I love her and she's a very good baby. I'm very very lucky. And I know not everyone is that way. Um, She's going through a four month sleep regression. So I am not sleeping great. So it's rough. But again, it's just a phase. Like everyone tells you, it's just a phase. You'll work through it and it'll be fine. Um, But for breastfeeding, I did the breast crawl. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, where a baby basically comes out of you. They put the baby on the chest and you let them root for like an hour till they find your nipple and they start breastfeeding and they know exactly what to do. It's pretty wild. Um, I have my whole thing on video that my husband recorded. Anyways. With breastfeeding, I know that not every baby latches well, or maybe you don't have enough milk supply. And I know there's so many things that play into it, whether it's nutrition, you know, stress, lack of sleep, just genetics, things like that. But I have found I was less worried about working out and being able to really rest because you're basically burning about 200 to 500 calories breastfeeding per day. So it's a workout in and of itself that you're sustaining a baby. Whoa, 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 whoa. My brain just exploded. What? That's insane. I did not know that. Okay. So breastfeeding is really helpful to get your metabolism back up. And of course you need to like sustain yourself, eat real foods, make sure that you're fueling yourself, but it is a really good workout. And I, the other thing I was going to go back to, and again, I was talking to a client about this today and I mentioned before I did like an unmedicated natural birth because that's what I wanted to do with a birth doula, a midwife in a birthing center, which was not something I had planned for before I got pregnant. It was just something that felt right to me. And I really wanted to see if that was 
good for me because I know I like to do things natural. So I figured let's give it a whirl. Anyways, I was able to do that in my birth plan, you know, didn't really have any hiccups, but what I found postpartum was because I didn't have any IV fluids. I didn't have any sort of medication. There was a lot less water weight. I wasn't really swollen or bloated. And I think that was a lot to do with doing a more natural birth. Again, natural birth can mean a lot of different things. What I think it's important for a woman to understand is that we are all empowered to make our own decisions. So just because you thought you were going to be with an OBGYN or you hadn't thought about another route doesn't mean that you can't change your mind mid-pregnancy because I decided to leave New York City. I'm now living in Nashville. I found all new providers in Connecticut and lived there for like the last two months of my pregnancy. And I lived there for two months postpartum with my baby. So I just like to bring that up because I think Sophie, you're a lot about empowering women, but I think in this day and age, we all think that we have to do what everyone else has done or what our doctors recommend. And I think there are a lot of different ways to give birth and do it in a way that really feels authentic and powerful to you. And so I recommend doing your research and just talking to people about it and then making sure that you feel good about whatever that decision is, because, you know, birth is a really special and really like intimate moment. So you want to make sure you feel good about whatever decision it is that you decide to do it. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so important at every stage of our hormonal journeys that we feel empowered to make our own choices. I mean, it's our body. And there is even, you know, I, I have Dr. Miriam Bove on my team. I'm so lucky to have her. And she's a pelvic floor physical therapist who does holistic and kind of energetic release work now. And one of the things she specializes in is birth trauma and completing the birth cycle because she's seen so many women not make empowered choices or have a, you know, a really scary medical thing happen, you know, during birth. And that actually can get imprinted onto the baby. I've been learning about the biology of trauma through Dr. Amy, and she was sharing with us how the way we give birth and then right after, like the fact that your baby like found where to go. These are all these before pre-verbal, our bodies are imprinted with how we respond to things. And one of the examples she gave that I thought was so powerful was, you know, so often a baby will reach out for like your glasses or your phone and we kind of swap the hand out of the way. And that's teaching the baby like, hey, it's not safe to reach out. So I think what I was realizing when she was going through all that was when we make empowered decisions and we feel really comfortable in our own bodies, we can pass that on to our babies, like even pre-verbal, even before we teach them values and things that they can understand, even the way we go about it is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing what worked best for you and for sharing that that's not always going to be the best for everyone else. They have to make their own empowered decision. Yeah. And it's interesting you brought that up about the trauma because my birth doula talked a lot about that. The way you bring your baby into the world, you know, can be imprinted on them. So I think it's amazing that you have a doctor that can work with women to do that. And I just wanted to tie it back into my current state because I think also people think not only from a hormonal perspective, you bounce back, like you're supposed to physically bounce back, but also mentally. And I remember talking to one of my other friends who's also a mom and I was going through a tough time. There was like ups and downs and I'm going back from maternity leave and I live in a new city. And I just emotionally was a roller coaster. And she's like, you're only three months postpartum at the time. And I'm now almost four and a half. And I still feel like I have those moments. So I think that it's also good to bring light to the fact that 
not only physically are you not going to bounce back right away and it's not always going to be perfect, but mentally it takes a really long time to get there, especially if you are also under all these other stressors of going back to work, if you're breastfeeding or you're formula feeding or whatever your setup looks like, it's not going to all happen overnight. And it does take a long time for your body to heal. Yeah. That's really important. (laughs) In that um, episode 51, we talked a lot about, actually it wasn't episode 51. It was the one we talked about with, with the bounce back culture. We talked a lot about, it was number 45. We talked a lot about how there needs to be a whole postpartum year or nine months or like, this yeah. be, like we need a whole trimester or more, more than that to really recover from giving birth. And so I'm glad you brought that up too, because it, it takes time. It takes so much time. Let's bring it back to, if you could give one to three tips for any woman, maybe they're just, they're not pregnant and maybe they're just trying to figure out how do I start working out? Like, what would you say to them? My number one is even if it's 10 or 15 minutes a day, it's so much more important to get movement in than doing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. Because I think from a mental and physical standpoint, you will just feel better. And I've never done a workout that I've regretted. Ooh, I love that. I've never done a workout that I've regretted. I will say with someone with Hashimoto's, I've definitely done a workout that I've regretted. (laughs) Okay, fair. But typically if you're doing like a small short workout and you just moved your body as opposed to fighting it mentally, instead of spending those 10 minutes, like fighting yourself on why you can't do it. If you just did it and let's just say it's a gentle yoga flow, you'll feel a lot better. A hundred percent. And the great thing is that you have a really affordable app where they can find uh, inspiration to do that for themselves. So exactly. (laughs) Cool. Um, What other, any other tips you want to leave the listeners with? Yes. So that was like time. The second one is think about if working out or movement is something that helps you relieve stress, right? And in this day and age, we are all inundated with stress. Make it a non-negotiable because you will, like I just brought it back before, you will always feel better. So whether it's figuring out how to schedule it into your calendar or, you know, for me, a lot of times I try to do a workout and the baby wakes up. Um, It doesn't have to be the case if you don't have a baby, but if you have limited time, think about a time that works for you and actually put it in your calendar because we all live and die by our calendar and make it happen. That's such good advice. So everyone listening, go open up your calendar right now, put the workout time, put half an hour or 15 minutes into your thing and go over to watch.littleadaptsbyjax.com and enter the code she talks so that you can get inspiration of what to do with that time that you've just scheduled into your calendar. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome, Jackie. Anything else? Any other ways you want to let people know how to find you? Are you on Instagram? What's your website? Tell us all the, the ways people can get in contact. So you can find me at Little Adapts by Jax on Instagram. So I have plenty of recipes, workouts. Um, you can find me on my app at watch.littleadaptsbyjax.com. And then my full website is just littleadaptsbyjax.com. Love it. Super easy. Just like me. Everything's just, she talks health. You, know? yeah, yeah. Like, you could just find it all Google there. Little Adapts by Jax. You'll find probably all three of them. Awesome, Jackie. It's been so fun to record with you. Thank you yeah. for sharing your, your very personal journey um, through your fitness. And I think it's going to be really inspiring for a lot of people. Well, thank you. And if you ever need anything else or any other topics, I feel like I've covered so many today, but we can always dive deeper into another one. So thanks for having me, Sophie. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode of the She Talks Health podcast. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. 
If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.